Indiana Runner Podcast, Season 4, Episode 27. Taylor Marshall and I recap the state meet, and then after the break, go through what the week was like for us as uh, coaches of two different teams. Let's hit it. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. I don't see how you can hate from outside of the club. You can't even get in. <laughs> Leg out. All right. The state meet is over. Colin Altavote, Taylor Marshall here on Sunday morning. Sunday morning quarterback, I guess. Well, no, you don't want to be a Sunday quarterback because then you actually have to play. Uh, we're well, going to talk about Matt Ryan, in which case you're not playing today. Yeah, well, I'll I tell you what, I – I do what he's doing for the rest of the season for half of whatever we're paying him. Well, we're paying him forty million. So for twenty million, you'll sit the bench. I think that's a pretty good deal. I'm already at the games. I, I'll travel on the road now that the state meet is over with. Uh, it went well for many teams. It went well for the teams that you and I coach at Carmel. And we're going to go through the girls and then the boys. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about and and recap and then. Um, we haven't had the podcast for a week and reason being is I didn't have any time. I had kids and they were sick and then, uh, turns out I come home from the state meet and I didn't feel very good and now I'm sick. So here we are. All right, Taylor, let's go through, let's go through all 24 teams. I did. Did you think it was kind of strange yesterday that they announced the top 20 teams? I think if you're going to do the top 20, you might as well do all 24. My kind of thing is, you know, why don't we read off all 24 teams save the point values for the top 10 teams. And then, you know, that kind of hurries things along and gives everybody some recognition. So, you know, that that's a change I would make, but you know what, if you really wanted me to get into it, I got a, several changes that I would make and I'm not shy about my thoughts on the IHSAA, but you, that's a different podcast possibly. Let's uh, let's maybe we'll talk about that after the break. So we'll do, we'll do your suggestion here. The 24 teams, 24th, Crown Point, 23rd, McConaughey, 22, these girls are my dudes, Corden Central, 21, Lake Central, 20, Warsaw, 19, Morgan Township, 18, Princeton, two great frontrunners for Princeton, 17, Northview, 16, Bloomington South, 15, Hamilton Southeastern, 14, East Noble, 13, East Central, 12, Fort Wayne Carroll, and 11, because we're out here, Taylor, we're on these streets, the streets of Hamilton County and the streets of Vigo County yesterday. Garen Catholic, 11. Top 10, Zionsville, 279. 9th, Floyd Central, 275. 8th, Fort Wayne Concordia, 274. So 8, 9, 10 separated by five points. Were there any other uh, places separated by that scant amount of points yesterday? We'll get into it. Number we'll seven, Valparaiso, 247. And number six, Penn, or six, not number six, six, Penn, 234. The podium teams for the second time in three years, North Central, that's the one in Indianapolis. You familiar with that school? Uh, I've heard of it. May have uh, walked the hallways for a year or two, yeah. North Central scores 197 to finish fifth. Uh, two teams were, three teams rather, were led by sisters. The Rocchio sisters were first and second for their sisters, right? Not cousins. They are sisters, yes. Uh, yeah, so the Rostrellis, the Rocchios, and the Meads led their team. North Central, 197 points for fifth place. Fourth, Fort Wayne Homestead, 187. So 10 points separated Homestead from North Central. Uh, third, shout out, Carmel, 177. The runner-up, last year's champion, Columbus North, 153. And this year's champion for the first time ever from Noblesville, 122 points. That's Brooke Leahy, Kennedy Applegate, Paige Hazelrig, Nadia Perez, Summer Rempe, Ansley Applegate, and Brinkley Cooper. Uh, what do you think, uh, Taylor, as I attend to one of my children? Sure, yeah. Yes, Solomon. Well, let's go through a couple of the points that I had here. Um, you know, obviously a great show. I don't know. Why don't you watch and tell me? Huge congratulations to them for for pulling it off, right? They were one of the best teams 
all season long. We got to see a little back and forth uh, between Noblesville and Columbus North. Um, but just, you know, the, the depth that uh, the Millers had just was insurmountable. In fact, you know what? Uh, the Noblesville Millers had a great day all around yesterday, Colin. No We're kidding. all cross country here, but both their boys and girls soccer teams won state titles yesterday. Uh, so three state championships in a single day for Noblesville. So I'm sure their athletic director is uh, uh, really celebrating and, and enjoying that. So congratulations to that whole school. Lots to be proud of there. Um, so huge congrats for them. Uh, a couple other team things to mention. I thought I saw two teams uh, on the girl side really overperform their expected place, right? Uh, one. Can I guess? Can I guess? Go ahead. Yeah, go guess. Penn? Yep. Um, how how it's high up is the really, other one? First, first half of the team standings or second? Uh, this It would be uh, right inside the first half. Expectations team from team before the expectations from before the meet or before the season? Uh in this case before the season. Garen. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean those oh, wow. I think those two teams were just so incredible yesterday. Um, you know, just a, you know, Penn uh ran really well at their semi-state and uh you know, then to to back it up again the following Saturday. Uh, on the big stage, I thought you know they were just a fantastic showing, uh, and same for the uh, the Garen goons out there, right? I mean, you on know, these streets. yeah, they were in the streets. They were, uh, you said of uh, Vigo County, Hamilton County, any county you want, you can meet them out there. So you know, not you only us out here uh, on these streets, yeah, not I, you know, there were a team that was a bubble team to even get out of the semi-state, and then they had a huge day and and placed fourth. Uh, at that Shelbyville semi-state and you know then you kind of what do you do right you got some house money here you know to be able to kind of keep the the girls engaged and focused for that week and you know it probably helps having a leader like Bridget Gallagher I don't I don't know her but she you know she had her own goals and dreams and ambitions that she was able to deliver yesterday and so maybe you know the team kind of stayed stayed focused and hit on that we got to see them uh, coincidentally at Northview this past Wednesday when we were both there uh, working out. Um, so, you know, they were, they were putting in some, some pre-state work. So I thought both Penn and Garen um, really overperformed uh, their expectations on both the, the year uh, mid season and preseason. So uh, shout out to those teams. Um, speaking of preseason, can I go through this here? Yeah. Let me just add real quick. Uh, Bridget yeah. Gallagher was the mental attitude winner. Awesome. And her brother won four years ago. I would imagine that's the first brother-sister combo to win the mental attitude. Oh, that's, that's pretty cool. We'll have to check that out. Let's see. Um, here is my thought. If we go back to the INCC stats preseason uh, ratings, right, for 2022. Things I shift around a lot, right? And a lot of times it's, um, you know, especially on the girls' side, it's freshmen and sophomores making a huge difference, right? So I would imagine they, they, they shifted around a ton, weren't they? High school athletics, anything can happen. You would be wrong, Colin. They did not shift around a ton on the girl side. Let's go through the preseason uh, top five teams on INCC stats. One, Columbus North. Two, Noblesville. Three, Carmel. Four, Homestead. And five, North Central, right? So all five teams and almost in the right order. Columbus North and Noblesville just flipped. They just flipped, and if you look at their team ratings in the preseason, it's Columbus North 127, Noblesville 131. So we knew it was going to be really close. And like you said, those two teams flip. But beyond that, that's why you and I are such a big fan of the site. Yeah, it's high school athletics, and anything can happen. And you could get you know a freshman come and be a major contributor at the start. Uh, but you know to get all five of those teams almost in the exact order um, is really you know impressive for a you know prediction uh, i mean incc stats uh, some of the guys were as we were running back they are our boys that obviously the ones that didn't run in the state meet did a 1600 time trial on uh friday afternoon for practice friday evening and um some of our senior boys are are kind of into it and we were talking about it and i said you know i i only really put because they were asking about the 1981 carmel team that's rated as the number one team on incc stats 
Yeah. And I had said, well, it's really, really accurate. I think I put a lot of stock in it since they started tracking week by week performances. And that started in 2012. I don't know how much stock I put in when there's just not a ton of races, you know, back in the 80s, 90s and O's. Yeah. Um, but really, since we got into the, the last last decade, since 2012, so there's 11 years of data on there. I put a lot of stock into that when there's a ton of data points. Right. It's right. not infallible, but it's, I think there was a year one time where it said, like, you know how they do the two years out ratings? Yes. Yeah. And I think it had correctly predicted eight of the 10 podium teams on the boys and the girls side combined. Incredible. Now, yeah. part of that also could be a lot of it is it is just kind of the right. You could the say, team. well, Car Carmel and Columbus North. Well, yeah, they're, those are probably you probably got 40 percent of the podium teams right. every year if you just kind of predict that. Yeah. Um, and those are also the schools with uh, one, certainly a high enrollment and then a, a tradition to kind of keep when you look, at, especially at Columbus North, like there's so many different siblings that are their siblings either were in high school before or um, two of them at the same time, uh, you know, the Newells, the Whites, things like that. And, and it's the same, it's the same in, in Carmel, but yeah. And there were three different schools that had podium teams yesterday for, for both Carmel, Columbus North and Noblesville. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that I thought was uh, an interesting little tidbit. And then I had one more point about the, the girls race and then kind of, you know, see if you have, or, or if you want to move on to the boys, um, last year, 2021, zero all-state freshmen. This year, three all-state freshmen. So including that's, one who finished 10th. That's probably a little more typical. Yeah. Still dominated by juniors and seniors, especially toward the front. But, uh, you know, just I think it was atypical, like you said last year, to not have a freshman in the top 25, uh, which would be all-state. Uh, but three this year and then one who was 26th and in, in close. So um, anyway, kind of maybe a return to normality, as they say. You know what? Let's go through the top 10 individuals and then maybe uh, we can move on to the to the boys. So first in our uh, let's get into the all time stuff and then move on to the boys. First, repeat state champion. She went out in 303 for the first K. Uh, that's really fast. Uh, Lily Cridge, uh, senior from Chatard, 17-14, runner-up for the second year in a row. Uh, Nikki Delta of, or Nikki Sutherland of Delta High School, 17-17, charging very, very hard at the end. Man, she third, was, she was I, moving. Was was this girl third last year as well? Sophia Kennedy from Park Tudor, do you remember? Uh, last year, Sophia Kennedy also placed third, yes. Okay, so the same top three, two years in a row, 17-24 for Kennedy. Fourth, Julia Kiesler, a senior from Columbus North. Uh, Sophia Kenny goes to Park Tudor. Julia Kiesler from Columbus North, 1736. Fifth, and she had a good day. Fifth at the state cross country meet and then scored a goal as her team won the state championship in soccer that night for 1A. A senior from Park Tudor, Gretchen Farley, 1758. Bridget Gallagher of Garen Catholic, also the mental attitude winner, uh, 1759 for sixth. Joey Restrelli, big race Restrelli from Warsaw, 18 flat uh, for seventh. Addison Canablo, the one athlete that really did try to go with uh, Lily Cridge, uh, finishes eighth, 18.05. Lily Baker from Columbus North, ninth, 18.07. Julia Score, also a Chatard, so two from Chatard in the top 10. She's a freshman. You mentioned her earlier, 18.17. And then I did think it was neat. The Mead sisters were 11th and 12th. Um, right there uh you want to get into the all-time stuff go ahead yeah For the girls okay all-time teams this wasn't as good it, it wasn't as strong of a year on the girls side noblesville ends the season uh 22nd all-time and columbus north girls in the season 26th all-time yeah uh, Noblesville's state meet and Columbus North state meet, their state meet ratings were the same. Someone asked about this on the message board. I think it's kind of tied to the score. The number is tied to what they would have finished in one state meet. I think they randomly selected a state meet, something like 2010. Um, so how can they be even if Noblesville won by 30? It has to do with Columbus North's front running and, and things like that. Um, and also, you know, if you, nobody gets that bent out of shape about the state meet ratings because, 
They don't they don't give a trophy for the state meet rating. Right. Yes, son. Special cameo appearance here by one Solomon Altavote. Why did what Solomon? Um, I don't know. I haven't seen this one. Why don't you watch it and you can tell me afterward. Uh, I asked, yeah, when he got up this morning, I, I told you just already, I asked him if he wanted to watch the Pacers-Nets game from last night, and he uh, suggested maybe we watch Paw Patrol, so we compromised on Paw Patrol. Yeah. You know what? He should have a podcast where he talks about Paw Patrol episodes. What happens in Paw Patrol? Yeah, maybe at the end of this. Uh, now, is is it was a pretty typical year team-wise um, with those top teams. And actually, it seemed like the scores were a little higher than we're used to seeing for the you know the winning team, the second-place team, the third-place team, and so on yeah. Um, yeah. on the girls' side. However, individually, it was anything but typical. Lily Cridge, number one Indiana runner all time now. She passes Anna Roar. Well, she was already ahead from her junior year. Um, Nikki Sutherland, number four all time. Kennedy, number five all time. Kiesler, number nine all time. Canablo, 16th all time. Canablo had a very, very good season. I, I don't know that the state meet went, oh, yeah? I don't know if the state meet maybe went the way that she wanted, but her 1751 rating from the whole season is good for 16th all time. And Gretchen Farley, 23rd all time. And okay, okay, I'll, I'll turn it up in a second. Uh, Gretchen Farley's rating 23rd all time. And I would imagine she is um, best cross country runner, soccer player combo that we've seen. I don't know how good Addison yeah. Wiley was at soccer. That's, um, uh, but yeah, uh, that's Farley, Farley, and you'd said that you surmised that Farley maybe was the best uh, soccer player on her team that won the state championship after this. You that's, want to talk about that for one second about the, I think they moved, they, they shifted the soccer schedule around. I think, I think for her in particular. Yes, right. So this uh, past Friday and Saturday at Carroll Stadium there at IUPUI, both the boys and girls soccer finals took place. Soccer is a a three class sport. So 1A, 2A, 3A. And I don't know the breakdown on the classes, but it's a three class sport. Um, And it appears that uh, and this is fine. and We have no issue with this. And that's not why we're bringing it up. But it appears as if maybe the uh, Park Tudor game uh, on the girl side was moved to the the last slot, last time slot of the evening to allow for Gretchen Farley to compete at the state cross country meet and then join her soccer team uh, to run. Now, I mean, this, this is speculation, right? Just kind of looking at the time schedule. Again, no problem with that. That's totally fine. Um, obviously, it's worked out really well for her. And as it's 10 uh, 24 a.m. Sunday morning. I'm guessing with her big day yesterday, Gretchen is still asleep. Uh, but who knows? I, I would certainly be sleeping in after that and exhausted. But uh, you know, shout out for her uh, great performance yesterday, all around. Well, she she may be a different type of athlete than you and I were, though. Well, we are that, mere mortals. That's, that's no, that's a fact. I can yeah. confirm that she is a very different type of athlete than you or I. That's true. Uh, let's get into the boys here. I'm going to have to look these results up. I got pretty excited tonight. Here I got, you want to roll through the boys? I'll, I can do that. I can do it. I, uh, I think I, I like that and don't remember much from the race after got pretty exciting. Um, okay. I'm on, I'm on the men though. Got, went to a doctor's appointment last night. Starting to feel a little better. 24th, 24th, West Lafayette, 23rd, Evansville rights, 22nd, Hamilton Southeastern. 21st, Lake Central, 20th, Jasper, 19th, Laporte, 18th, Warsaw, 17th, Fort Wayne Concordia, 16th, Bloomington South, 15th, Goshen, 14th, Penn, 13th, Valparaiso, 12th, Floyd Central, 11th, Burbuff, 10th, Franklin Central, 322, 9th, Chesterton, 304, they had a good race, 8th, Northridge, 267, 7th, Bloomington North, 265, Sixth, Fishers, 224. And then there was a gap. These were the five teams we'd kind of been expecting for most of the season. Um, I don't know if this was the order that maybe we were expecting, and potentially it was. Fifth, Noblesville, 166. Fourth, Columbus North, 157. Third, Center Grove, 143. Second, Zionsville, 106. And first, shout out, Carmel, 103. Shout out. Go Hounds. Go Hounds. Oh, I, think, I think I just took a deep breath for the first time in two weeks. There we go. All right. Well, then I'll give my thoughts while you catch your breath, right? 
Um, we talked about the INCC stats preseason ratings on the girls' side, right? If we look at the boys, so they had all five, right, in INCC stats on the girls' side, and they were almost in the exact order. Um, the rating system, right, the formula came up with three of the five podium teams on the boys' side and not necessarily in that order. So the preseason top five on INCC stats, one, Center Grove, two, Carmel, three, Zionsville, four fishers and fifth for buff um now obviously uh one team carmel got a major uh move in uh that was i don't know if you'd heard about that or not it was it was mentioned on the message board but like apparently there's some kid who moved to carmel high school who ran fairly well yesterday yeah, actually so the season's been so exciting i don't remember the last thing i remember is the provenzano family was taking a was taking a school tour at carmel yeah i don't know if whatever happened but yeah, well, a lot's happened since then, and it's all worked out very well for uh, hopefully the Provenzano family, but definitely for the Hounds. Um, so, you know, we saw the the final results shake out with Carmel 1, Zionsville 2, and then Center Grove does make the podium at 3, um, but then Columbus North and Noblesville, as Colin had said earlier, um, who who weren't far off the preseason ratings at all. They just weren't inside that top five. Um, so that's, uh, again, another score one for the uh, uh, data the stats guys out there and center grove on there ty garrett was put in and i'm not exactly sure what they used for it but he does have a rating on there so he it, ty garrett who moved from colorado to indiana um is in the preseason stuff but nobody else is he he has a preseason rating, if you scroll the bottom, a preseason rating of a 1545, which would be sixth preseason yeah. state. And he finished four, so that kind of – but then, you know, some of the other athletes maybe aren't in there. Um, so three of five. Now, if you put Tony in there at a preseason rating based on his 3,200 performance last year, last spring, which was 916, he probably would have come in at 10 or 12th or something like that. And um, I don't know that that would have flipped Carmel ahead of, of Center Grove on there. Um, there's a lot here. Um, yeah. And we can talk about it a little bit more, I think, after after the break. I think we, we talked about maybe let's let's mention what happened, what was going on. Um, yeah. And then and then, you know, a lot of people listen to this because they want the breakdown, the recap of it. But there are some people that listen to this and, and kind of from a coach's perspective, uh, that's probably not the most common. The most common reason probably is you want to hear you want to hear your school's name or your kid's name. Uh, right. we, we understand that. Uh, and we also, you know, you and I need to think about, especially me, we need to think about what what is the future of this podcast that, you know, for instance, the week of the state meet, I couldn't really do one. And I is, you know. I don't know how much more I'm going to be available next year to do it that maybe we need to uh, pick times, but, you know, to be at the jobs that we work that during the, the season and probably 60 hours a week, right. Maybe 10 to 11 hours during the day and then five to 10 hours on a Saturday that to also do two podcasts a week that take about three or four hours total. Right. That's, that's tough. Now, you know, if we could find some way to monetize this a little bit and, and, and justify our time a little more, um, I feel like I'm kind of rambling on that. Um, well, hey, let me, can, can I go through a couple? You said, let's talk about things that happened yesterday. Can I go through a couple of those points I had? Yes. Okay. So uh, incredible one, two overall finish, right? For Carmel, right? Cole Matisson getting the win. Tony Provenzano, uh, second overall. Uh, first one, two finish since the 96 Ben Davis team. Uh, and Carmel was able to win that team. Unfortunately, did not. In fact, actually, the Hounds won that year. Um, so you know that's that's a huge deal. Uh, congratulations to those boys uh, and to you, Colin. Uh, then also, what an incredible job by Zionsville, right? Zionsville is a team that you know we we knew was going to be up there all year, right? We mentioned them in the preseason uh, talk um, and had had mentioned that this was a podium level team uh, throughout the season. Uh, but they really stepped it up on another level the past two Saturdays when it really mattered most, right? I mean, we saw what was, you know, probably the Zionsville's best performance ever at the semi-state, uh, you know, at, at Shelbyville the previous Saturday. And then they topped it 
uh, at the state meet. So just uh, what an incredible job uh, by those boys and by their head coach, Gabe Porras. Um, just just huge congratulations to them for what's a fantastic season. I know it, it's got to be tough to be three points away from winning, but, I, you know, just you should be really proud of the overall season and just, you know, again, being ready to go when it absolutely mattered most. So what a huge performance uh, by the Zionsville Eagles uh, the past couple weekends. So I, I really wanted to give them a shout out. Um, I, I gave two teams that really overperformed on the girl side, Colin. I got one here for the boys. Did you one, want to one in, one in a Zionsville and then one in addition to Zionsville? One in addition to Zionsville, yeah. Chesterton? Chesterton it is, man. This was mentioned on the message board, uh, but they had a 1% chance on INCC stats of placing ninth, and then they were a smaller percentage of, of possibly being better. But, you know, that was really on, on the top in there. But ninth place overall, what an incredible performance by Chesterton representing the region. Um, so that was that was awesome. On the individual side, Noah Bontrager, the top freshman in the state, was the top freshman at the state meet. Um, and not only did he place high, but what I was most impressed uh, uh, by from him, you know, he uh, there was kind of as the race played out, it was Matisse out front by himself then there was Provenzano and Todd kind of battling back and forth in second and third and then there was this we'll call it the chase pack right that next big group and Bontrager was at the front of that group pushing and leading it you know throughout at at, at least when I saw at that point we were we were pushing the 4k we we're about three and a half k in and he was still at the front driving that train um, not afraid of the big stage for the young freshman from uh, Westview. So, uh, you know, he ended up finishing, uh, let's see, what was his place overall here? Uh, 12th overall. So what an incredible performance by him. Um, and to not be shy, not be scared, to just go for it, um, showed a lot of heart. And then finally, I'll, and I'll shut up and I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you take over again. But I, I can't, I can't uh, do the podcast today without a huge, Shout out to my boy, Nasty Nate Colleen. Man, seventh place finish for Nasty Nate. And what made him so nasty? How about his 305 closing K? 305. When I saw this kid, he was in the 30s at the 2K mark and his seventh overall finish. I mean, he was just booking it down there. And I thought, man, like, uh, could he get just a little bit? No, I mean, we're, you know, but just we're proud of him. We're excited. But you know, 305 final K. So big shout out to the IU commit, nasty Nate Colleen. All right, Colin, take it away. Okay, so let's go through the top 10 individuals and then maybe we can talk about the all-time team stats. And then um, after the break, we get a more kind of coach's corner or just you and I give, maybe give a behind the scenes over the last week for, for our teams. Um, state champion, first state championship in cross country. Cole Matisson, shout out from Carmel, 1502. Second, Tony Provenzano, also from Carmel, shout out, 1511.2. Closing Cameron Todd from Burbuff, 1511.2. But Taylor was closer than it sounds. Uh, closer than it sounds, man. I, I have confirmed uh, that they had to, they, they went through the video and even photos to, to determine that. Uh, those three had a pretty big gap on the field, 20 seconds. Fourth from battling back and forth. So we talked about, you know, move-ins potentially changing the landscape this year. And that was the case. Fourth, Ty Garrett from Center Grove. So second place and fourth place, both established distance runners, but hadn't gone to high school in Indiana last year. Um, As jobs change, things change. I think that's going to become more, potentially more common. Either move-ins or move-outs. Uh, Ty Garrett was actually both over the course of high school. So Ty Garrett opens his first K here in 257. Oh, so I don't know what place he would have been in at a K, but it was probably 80s or 90s. Moves all the way up into fourth, 1531. Mateo Rocio of Burbuff, a huge race for that senior, uh, 1532 fifth. Asher Probst of Noblesville, a senior, 1533. Nasty Nate Killeen from North Central, 1534. Braden Hinkle, we call him the Fieldhouse from Franklin Central, 1535. Liam Bauschke of Mishawaka, a sophomore, 1536. And Aaron Lord of New Albany, 1536. So fourth through 10th were separated by five seconds. And really fourth through 11th were separated by less than six seconds. Um, All-time team stuff, 
Uh, you want to do teams or individuals first? Uh, let's do teams. Teams, the Carmel team ends the season, shout out, as the second best team on INCC stats. Um, number one is Carmel from 1981. Number two is Carmel from this year. Number three is Columbus North in 2009. Uh, Zionsville ends the season eighth all time. And Center Grove ends the season 16th all time. Uh, the Carmel State Meat rating from yesterday is the 11th best state meat rating all time. And the Zionsville State Meat rating is the 12th best state meat rating of all time. Um, individually, Cole Matisson ends from Carmel, shout out, fourth all time. Tony Provenzano, 14th all time. Cameron Todd, 15th all time. And then they are juniors, so they could improve upon that. Um, Likely could will. improve upon that next next season. You're, you're given your best season rating. So, right. um, you know, if, they, if their season rating isn't as good their senior year, they're, they're not going to go down any from this unless right. someone, they'll, they'll be rated at eight, 15, 18. It's not an average of the four years. Um, it's just your best, your best rating. I think Cole jumped from fifth to fourth after yesterday. He, he, do you see who he jumped? He jumped uh, his, well, not teammate, but Ben Veach is, uh, I don't know what you want to say. Ben Veach graduated from Carmel as well. So. Yeah. His fellow alum, I suppose they, yeah. you know, and, and they actually, they're separated by Ben was 2016 and Cole's 2023 separated by seven years, six and a half years because Cole's birthday is in January and Ben's is in June. Um, but they, they do know each other pretty well. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's awesome. Any other overall thoughts before we maybe get into the more personal stuff, not like, you know, personalized, but a, a, a peek behind the curtain. Sure. You can see it's just one, the Wizard of Oz is not what he seems maybe. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think, you know, overall, what we saw was a, a fantastic day of competition, you know, for both the boys and the girls, um, you know, a couple things, you know, it's always uh, a trip out there to Laverne brings uh, surprises, uh, you know, mostly good, but sometimes tough ones uh, for some teams or individuals. Uh, but, you know, that's that's high school sports uh, or sports in general, to be honest. Um, but I thought what we saw from top to bottom was just fantastic competition. The course was in great shape. You know, uh, we got some rain earlier in the the week, but that didn't affect the conditions. And um, it was warmer than uh, what we were used to. But very warm. But yeah, the boys' I mean, race especially. Yeah, the girls' race uh, was a, a plus five uh, rating, but the boys was a boys was a zero. zero. Yeah. yeah. So. Again, the, and the, and what was it? What was uh, the boys at the Laverne meet four weeks ago when it was, you know, fifty eight or whatever? I, I think it was like plus twenty, plus twenty two, something like that. You mean for Nike Twilight? Yeah, uh, for Nike Twilight boys, that was a plus twenty one. Yeah. One of the things I noticed, I think you and I talked about this last night or this morning, but not on the podcast. Uh, it's, now it's dawning on me how much you and I uh, interact with each other across various formats that um you know in any in any sport especially in distance running there and we, we can talk about this after the break maybe from our coaching perspectives the kids we know better but i one of the top 10 kids i think dropped out yes um and then another one of the top 10 kids who had thought he was maybe out for the season and had posted that he was probably not going to run the rest of the season ended up running the semi-state in the state meet. I saw him on a cart afterwards and then two more boys that had certainly had top 10 performances. I don't know that they were locks for the top 10, um, but could have been in the top 10. They both ran under 1520 at that, at that Nike meet four weeks ago, like mm -hmm. had to, had to be helped up on the podium by their teammates. Right. And that, you know, that shows obviously the injuries are a part of sports. And, and one of the big parts of, of figuring out the training for these kids is doing so and, and finding a way so that they, they don't get hurt. But, you know, especially for those, those two kids that were being helped on the podium by their teammates, 
like went through and gutted that race out yeah. to help to help the team, even though maybe it wasn't necessarily what they would have thought four weeks ago or a year ago. Um, yeah. That, and I don't I don't want to you don't want to highlight that too much either because it's you know sometimes they show gosh what was the what was the guy from was it Oregon or BYU one of the guys that really struggled up the home stretch I don't do you remember that at, at NCAAs uh I, I'm not sure no maybe it was Cooper Tier one of the guys like I mean like collapsed and was basically like skeleton dancing up the home stretch and they just kept showing it over and over and over yeah. how that's hard and I, I don't know that we want to highlight that as part of our sport that it's it, it happens but that's not you know that's not the norm Right, right. But, you know, the, 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 the toughness of some of these kids and the guts and the, the desire, and not for themselves, but to help their teammates was, you know, that, that, was on, that was on full display yesterday after the race. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, yeah, you want to get into the, some of the other things here in a second? Yep. So we'll do that after the break. Registration is now open for the 2022 Appleseeds Track Camp in Fort Wayne. Kids ages 5 to 13 are invited to this four-day introduction into the world of track and field. Campers will experience sprinting, distance running, jumps, hurdles, and throws. Head over to runsignup.com to register your kids today. Greetings, loved ones. Let's take a journey. All right, and we're back. We're going to do kind of, uh, we don't have much of a plan, but kind of an extended coach's corner. Uh, you are the coach at Carmel for the girls. Uh, our girls were third, um, and we were very pleased with third. Um, yeah. I'm the coach of the boys at Carmel, and our boys were first. And obviously, we were very uh, pleased with first. Yeah. What was the, what was, what was the week like for you in terms of like, for, us, um, like for the, t- the team? Yeah. Uh, training wise or, you know, I was just thinking more general, more general. Okay. Well, um, you know, we, we came in to the week and uh, we, we did basically the same things that we normally do. Right. I mean, often on the coach's corner, it's like, Hey, what'd you do? Well, Monday we did our long run and um, our long run this week was just a little bit shorter than um, what we have done in previous weeks. Um, Just some general mileage on Tuesday. uh, We worked out at Northview on Wednesday um, for a workout that was just a little bit more intense than we had done in the past couple of weeks, but nothing crazy, some intervals, but just a little bit faster. Thursday, Friday, just, you know, mileage and getting ready for the, the big day. Um, you know, we talked about the state meet on, on Monday. Um, but more so in terms of like, who are we and, and what are some things that we can control? Like, you know, I think often people are focused on the outcome, which is important in, in some regard, but is also out of the, out of your control, right? I mean, whether it's winning or placing on the podium or being an all-state individual or whatever, those are all outcomes. And those are those are great things and should be celebrated and are celebrated, but um, they also are dependent on other factors that you don't have control over. Um, you know, you, I, you probably don't mind me sharing this, but you and I talked a lot, um, always, <laughs> that's just how it is. But you, but you say this line of, you know, you can't play defense, right? There's no defense. You just do the things that you can control. Um, and you know, we, I shared that with the girls and, and just said, if we, you know, here's who we are based off what you have told us. Right. So we asked the girls, who are we as a team? And they told us, and we said, okay, then on Saturday, we just need to see those things. And if we do those things, then regardless of the outcome, wherever that is, then, then we should be super proud of ourselves. And obviously when the race is over, we don't know the outcome, right? I mean, as frustrating as that is and, and totally asinine we the the race is over and you don't know who who wants you have an idea of where who's where maybe but you know it's not there are no scores yet so you know but so with the race is over 
And we felt like our girls ran really well and, and were just really solid and did everything that they just needed to do. And and we were we felt like we demonstrated the qualities that they defined as a team, that who we were. Um, and so we were we were happy. Uh, before the award ceremony, we were happy. And then obviously, you know, we were really excited uh, after that moment. So, um, you know, we, it wasn't without challenges throughout the week, right? I mean, we had one girl uh, who didn't run at all until Friday. And then, you know, so she biked all week and then she ran Friday and then she raced very well for us on, on Saturday um, you know, we had other fluke things come up and I'm sure, like, I'm sure we're not unique in this, right. Other team. Right. I mean, you know, you know, obviously, you know, we had the, something similar with the boy that had something small that I got pushed at the semi-state and I think became something a lot more than small from yeah. that. And he didn't, he didn't run all week either until Saturday. Right. And so, yeah. So again, there's an example that we weren't unique in that. I'm sure other coaches or athletes or parents listening know on other teams their their story right so things happen we had a we had a girl drop her hydro flask on her foot and you know what i will say now but didn't say then it it's likely at least one of those toes is broken just based off what i saw um but you know she she ran and she ran really well for us yesterday right i mean things things can happen so um yeah it was uh it was a, a really good outcome to a week that, you know, I, I think was just a solid, a solid week. Uh, and that's all you really need is just to be, to be solid, not, not necessarily special. Right. I think the main thing that I'm thinking of when this is now that the, the season is over, um, at least, you know, the regular season, uh, not the regular season, but the IHSA season is, it's we and we talk about this all the time, like kind of how connected we are. That like okay, so um, and I'm trying to keep my emotions level, right? I was trying to do that yesterday as well, which is tough yeah. to do when you know all the things that go on the week of, and of course how it's a foot race of the math problem at the end. I'm not trying to act like it's the most important thing in the world, but to these to these kids, this is the most important thing, yeah. and you know to their parents. And it's not like we don't care about the outcome, right? So when the race is over, we can tell on the boys' side that it's really, really close. And there's no way of, there's no way of knowing. And I, I think we can all make a push and get, they have capacity for live results. And I think we can make a push. And let's be real. Like, Zionsville's coach has coached for 20 years, Gabe Forrest. And I've coached for 10 years and I know a lot of different people. So he and I both were able to find out what the results were with pretty much certainty um, through various means. And it would just be, and I didn't, I, it was so close and I didn't know a hundred percent. So I didn't tell our kids yeah. what had happened, but I do remember I went up to them and said, Hey, when they announce second, if it's not us, that means we won. And that seems like a normal time to cheer, but that's not, let's be respectful of the other teams. And that's the other team's moment to celebrate, even if they're disappointed that they got second and they know it's that close. Yes. Right. So when they announced second, it was like kind of quiet. And um, I remember someone had said to me like, Oh, wow. I guess, you know, and, and let's be real in general, if no, if, if it's with no rooting interest, people would rather Zionsville win than Carmel, probably. Sure. Well, people would rather most other teams win just based on, for the same reason that people get tired of certain professional teams, right? Sure. Um, yeah. The same teams win. People are getting tired of the Golden State Warriors, even, and there's a lot to like about them. But we, we, did, it would be better. It'd be better for everybody involved if we could just publicly say what the scores were. And then have a have an award ceremony where it's not being revealed there. But at yeah. least for now, that is the IHSA's stance because our um, our former athletic secretary at Carmel is now the athletic secretary at the IHSAA, right? And her main sport is cross country, so she was there, and I was talking to her, and RAD went up and talked to her, and she was like, "Why? Well, I'm not allowed to tell you guys what happened." So, right. and we're trying to like prod and get hints, and she's like, "No, like guys, I can't." 
can't do that. Can't, right. It right. would be, but I, and I think I haven't talked to Gabe about this in particular, but I think it would be better if we had been able to do that and then kind of have the moment in private with the kids. And then it's probably a little bit more, there's more sportsmanship at the awards ceremony, yes. just like any other sport where in a basketball game, it might come down to the last second. And this was coming down to the last second, right? Three yeah, points yeah. is 50, 50 either way. Yep. And a lot of it depends on teams, kids on teams that don't go to Carmel or Zions. Right. That, you know, one kid, Thomas Biltemeyer passes three kids from not, not Zionsville, three kids from other schools or four kids from other schools up the home stretch. And that's the difference. Right. Or somebody at the last second passes the kid from Zionsville right before the line. And that pushes them back a point. You know, Tony runs in front of the kid from Burbuff, whatever. Um, it would be, it would be better. And I, I'm not, I don't know, like one, I talked to one person yesterday. Um, he's from Fort Wayne and he posts on the message boards a lot. Um, and he was like, well, I kind of like, I kind of like the suspense. Well, you, you could still do that though. Yeah. You, you could still have the suspense. You, you could just go to the awards ceremony and not look at your phone. Right. Um, now I guess suppose you have to put headphones on or something because people are going to be talking about it. But I, I think, I think that we can all make a push for that. Um, well, I'm, I'm willing to take it a step further here. I think, and I'm not saying this is intentional, but I think it is cruel the way the awards play out. Because as you mentioned, the second place team doesn't get the respect or the recognition they deserve necessarily because the the it reveals who the first place team is and then they're going nuts and they're excited. And I think if we want yeah. to have the best level of sportsmanship possible, then allow for coaches to have access to results, to have the conversation with the kids at the tent before you go to the award ceremony. And, you know, that way the team who won is appropriately excited when they won or when they made the podium. And then the team that is either sixth and were right off or they were second or whatever, they've had a moment to process it. And then they're also cheered for and celebrate, you know, because for some teams like second is, is a tough day, but for others, it's a, this is awesome. This is fantastic. Well, like they, they deserve that. And, you know, it seemed like maybe, the attention was on the first place team when the second place team name right. is announced. And that, that I think is wrong. And that I don't think is fair. And as you've already pointed out, this is the only sport, the only, only sport. one because in, in yeah. golf, which is a, kind of a similar sport, right? You yeah. take a certain, you take whatever you add those up a certain number of kids, you add those up, but they have live scoring throughout the whole thing. And they don't shut off the results at the end right. from the, from the state golf match. Um, and I, I, you know, Gabe knew beforehand, uh, I haven't talked to him about directly. I don't know if he told their kids, um, before, but I, I imagine he might have, I, I think if, if it were the other way around, I think I, I probably would have told the kids, Hey, I've heard that we finished second. Um, but if you, if you won and you're not only 98% sure then, yeah. and by the time I was a hundred percent sure. Uh, they were like announcing third place. So I wasn't going to run over to our kids and tell them that. So right. um, that's part of it. the other thing I was, what I think I started with was, you know, how connected we are. So Carmel wins Zionsville finishes second. Um, you know, Gabe Porras and I went to the same small college in, in central Indiana. We both went to Franklin college. Um, now we're old enough apart that we weren't there at the same time. I think he's maybe seven or eight years older than me. Gabe Porras and I were in the same fraternity and lived in the same fraternity room. The painting in that, in that room, this is just a, a big coincidence. The painting in that room, he did when he was in school and my college roommate, we lived in the dorms and then in that fraternity house for a while and then had an apartment for a year or two and then he lived in my house when I bought one for a year ran for Zionsville um, when he was in high school and this is the first state championship since the passing of Caitlin yeah wow that's and, Ka and Caitlin who coached at Carmel went to Zionsville high school 
Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I, I was an assistant at Columbus North for, for coach Weinheimer, coach Weinheimer was there. Um, you know, the Columbus North team finishes fourth, but man, just all the stuff that kind of goes into it all week. Yeah. And then it comes down and it's that close and, and you and I know if we can take a step back, which is hard to do, you know, 23 hours now after the girls race and 20 and a half hours after the boys race, I think that's right. Yes. That like three points either way, isn't that big of a, isn't that big of a deal. The big deal is the amount of time that we spend with these kids and, and all of them, all of them, not just the seven that ran yesterday, but you know, there's, there's typically about 150 kids on the boys team and on the girls team at Carmel high school. Right. And what, and it's not an easy job because it's a, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of time. And I'm not saying that when the race was over that I didn't care about the team score. Right. Cause I obviously did. And yeah. we're trying to figure it out. And I don't, I don't take for granted any of it, including I've sat down there in close, you know, we've had years where you could tell who won right away in 2012 and in 2013, the first two years we did the, what is now, what was the Columbus, what I would call the Columbus North model. Um, that now, you know, 10 years later is, is kind of the Carmel model because Columbus North does it um, just a little differently with their training that we knew we those years we knew who won right away yeah and in 2016 we knew that carol won and that we were second but in 2014 in 2019 in 2022 like you're standing down there and it's just you're just kind of standing there and you're talking to everybody and you're talking to you know some of the other coaches and i'm talking to my parents my 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 actual parents and then I'm talking to parents of kids on our team and like that, that is kind of a special time when you're a contender. Now it, it would be optimized if we could all just kind of look on our phones or look up at the board. And if it's close, if it's within three points, they might say, Hey, these are unofficial and we could have missed some kids coming in. It's going to take us 10 minutes to figure this out. And we need to go through some of these close, close finishes to see, if Tony finished ahead of Cameron Todd, stuff like that. And they should say that anyway, that they should say that anyway, you put them out there. They're always unofficial. Well, that's what they did at Shelby. That's what yeah. they did. Right. You know, and they had live results for the first four K including team scores. And then they shut it off. Now they erase the girls. So if somebody's listening, has screenshots of the girls breakdown, I'm, I'm kind of interested in the team score through the first four K just out of curiosity. I know, um, uh, Rob Abraham, the coach at Brown County, often puts out. I'm not saying he's going to, but he often puts out on the, on the message board after a team score breakdown for the boys and girls by K. Uh, but if this is already available, then it might save you know Rob some time. But you know, it it's out there, it's available, it it should be done. I mean, there's just no there's no other reason at this point that we don't do that. And like you said, it, it's featured in other other uh, events throughout the year. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the big push right now. And I, I know there's some, there are some people that, that say, well, I, I prefer it this way. I, I definitely think that's a small, a, a small minority of it, of the, of the people involved in this. I would imagine it's, it's almost, I won't say none, but it's almost none of the coaches. I would, I would guess very few coaches. And then, you know what, even if those couple of coaches again, don't want to know, they can quite easily not look at their phone, right? I mean, that's, this is the world that we're living in. And, right. you know, it's, it, it seems that, and this isn't a shock to anybody, right? But those who are making these decisions aren't that interested, if at all, in what the actual stakeholders have to say, right? I mean, the person in charge of cross country isn't a cross country person, and isn't interested in any discussion regarding start times for these races or the big gap in between or the lack of live results or anything else 
that is legitimate. And, you know, it's one thing to survey the coaches and say, well, what do you think about this or that? But the, I don't think it's a legitimate seat at the table, you know, um, but it, maybe it's happening at a level I'm not involved in. So that's, that could also be, but. But we're also, we're, I think we're at a tipping point of some pretty serious change in some ways that, that it will be good for the sport. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I know there's discussion about a three or four round tournament. I just, I don't think, I don't think we can look at the current four round tournament and say that it needs to be four rounds. And from what I've seen is we're moving into this new three round tournament. They're not going to go and just cut out the sectional round and start at the regional. These, yeah. these new sectionals are going to look a lot more like old sectionals than they're going to look like old regionals. If that makes sense. The first round's still going to look pretty similar if it has yeah. 25 sites right. and that schools that are saying, well, our only chance is to advance from this first round. I still think those schools are going to have a really good chance to advance from the first round because it's yeah. 25 different sites and there's just 25 sites is a lot more like 32 than it is like 16. And I know like mathematically it's right in the middle, but yeah. there's just so many of these schools that aren't fielding teams that as I look through the proposed different sites, like I still think it's, in a lot of ways, we're actually kind of cutting out the regional and not cutting out the sectional, even yeah. though it's going to switch to a, a three-round tournament. And um, also with those sectionals, there's some there's a little bit more balancing going on, right? A couple of schools are going to likely shift from where their current sectional is and move, certainly in the central Indiana area. So, you know, that you're going to have balance and you're going to have an ability to, to make it to the next round. Like I think, I, I think from what I've seen, I think certain schools – that have run into the, the buzzsaw that is the now currently the Shelbyville semi-state, I think those schools are gonna have a much better chance to make it through. And some of them aren't, some of them are making it on occasion, but they aren't necessarily mammoth schools. So some of them are, right? I think Brownsburg and Avon are gonna have a much better chance to make it to the state meet with this mm -hmm. new format, but also, you know, some of those central Indiana schools like Garen or Burbuff or, or schools like that, they might have a better chance now to make it in the boys and, and then the girls every year. Um, I think that the, the regionals now will be a little more balanced, but the other part of the change is that they did have live results at two of the semi-states. And I know um, it sounds like, you know, Dason does the Brown County one, I believe. Yeah. And the Nollies do the Shelbyville one. Those will probably both have regionals next year. And the Nollies were there at the state meet yesterday and they had live results for their semi-state and Brown County had live results for its semi-state. Right. And so I think by next year, I think this is something we, we can talk, you know, it, it's probably not going to be you and me but there are people yeah. high up in the coaches association that listen to this. And this is something we've talked about for a while. And I think, especially if, if say, you know, this year it was super close three right. points, one way or the other, that's 50, 50, man. Right. And that to say like, Hey, everyone involved in these close battles kind of agrees that it, it would be, it would be better. And this, if IHSA is really about sportsmanship, and, and they are, I don't, I don't think that's a hollow promise that we need to talk about. This is the way it has always been. But let's let's make 2023 more like 2023 and less like 1993. Right. No popsicle sticks. Right. We're not waiting for the coach to bring them back and someone to write on a chalkboard after they've totaled it up. You know, let's again. But, you let's know, the, that. the weird thing is, when it was in Bloomington, they would a crowd would gather around as they did that, but they would do that before the awards. Before the awards, so yeah. You would, so there yeah. was a public revealing of it before the awards. Even. Yeah. So, so, and that was you know that was in the '90s and and into the O's because I know well it was late late '90s. 
But I know in 2003, Columbus North knew that they had won, but they were waiting around to see what the score was. And someone went up there and wrote, you know, Columbus North 43. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, I think that would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll keep pushing for it. And I think that many of the coaches that you and I have talked to, including many involved in the coaches association, will continue to push for it. Yeah. I mean, have you, have you talked, have you talked to a single coach that says, that says, has said no, that they, no, I have not, I, I haven't talked to anybody, not a coach, not a kid, not a parent. I, I've not heard anybody. I've not seen it. I just heard from one person yesterday who's not a coach or a parent, just just kind of a, a an interested party. He yeah. said, "I don't know. I kind of I kind of like it that way." But yeah. if it's you and I've gone over this and over this and over this, I don't know how many times it's been on the podcast. Um, but like, it's it's better. It's much better for the kids to hear that from the from the coach and it for and for it to be as official as it can be and um you know it would it would have been better yesterday if there could have been a moment in our tent where there was i could have just said hey guys hey i don't some of you might be on your phones already but here's here's the deal yeah yeah so does it make it any less special for anybody right right um anything else i mean i'm i'm sure you're you're emotionally frazzled, like emotionally tired, just yeah. like I am. Yeah, it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, a lot goes into it. You know, the for for the the girls, for the the boys, the coaches. Um, you know, it's it was a big moment of exhale, right? Especially and then from a coaching perspective, right? Like you know, you you can't control what happens. Like when the gun goes off, you can't. There's nothing. You're not running anymore. You're not racing. There's nothing you can do. Right. So, you know, you stand there and you sweat and you just like, you just hope that everything, you know, that you guys have been doing leading up to that moment has uh, helped them be as successful as possible. And you get a, again, a sense of it after the race or during the race and you, you have a better clarity, you know, when, when the awards are over and things, but um, yeah, it was definitely uh, a moment of relief and we got to get together with the team uh, yesterday evening at, you know, one of the families hosted and, uh, it was parents and kids and coaches and, you know, it was fun to see them excited and proud of all their hard work and effort. And, uh, that was, that was well-deserved uh, and we got to have some fun. So finally be able to put the, the pieces together. Um, you know, it was a, it was a fun day. Yeah. That's what, I mean, that's one of the things too with, I don't know if this is more kids now than it would have been say 10 years ago, or maybe it was always like this and I just wasn't as aware. Um, but the amount of pressure that these kids put on themselves is, is pretty high. And the amount of pressure that it, Solomon, good gosh. The amount of pressure that you know every everybody feels maybe this is a social media thing and i'm not i'm not old man yelling at kyle but like they're just constantly aware of how they how they stack up that the, the number one thing we tried to do this season is just we'll make it fun enjoy it not everything has to be a home run not everything has to be the, the best race that that you ever ran um and I, I think our guys did a good job of that this season yeah yeah, well, I love that, right? I told the girls, look, we, we just have to be solid. It doesn't have to be a home run day. And and quite frankly, none of our girls had a home run day. Like, you know, they they were just all really solid. And that's often what it takes to do well at the state meet. You know, I think I used the, the phrase um, a, a little bit this year, but but a lot more uh, last year, you know, when, when we were a title contender. And that was, you know, you don't have to be special to have a special day. You know, you, you just need to show up, be solid. You know, these girls put enough pressure on themselves. As you said, maybe it's social media, maybe it's families at home, you know, but just whatever can be done to relieve that, try to relax, try to just, you know, again, it's it's a race. Once you get out there, it's a race just like any other 5K you've raced throughout the year. So, you know, do those same things and just be solid and, you know, things will work out for you overall. If you gave your absolute best you had that day, then 
we did everything we could ask for and nothing more. Yep. Whew. Well, sounds like it's playtime. Yeah, 365 days till the next pretzel day. <laughs> but on pretzel day, family's excited. So All hey, right, man. thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate yep. it. Maybe we'll do, we should do something when the, maybe it might be this next week when the uh, two early ratings come out. Let's, Let's take a look that. at next year. I love that. Let's do that. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Yep. Go Hounds. Go Hounds. I love my little dudes. They my little guys. I love them.